edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. I'm Mark Cook, along with my boss, Scott Reynolds. That would be me. Hello. And Mr. John Ledyard. How are you, Johnny? I am doing wonderful, not only because it's another Bucks victory, but because this one was called by your boy. And I know we're going right. to get to some of my cold takes today. I get that. But I just want to make that statement clear for anybody who's just tuning into the podcast or, or hearing us live tonight after a great Bucks win. I just want to say that one person believed, and it was your boy. Well, you might want to let Jason Light know that, John. <laughs> I know. I should let him know, honestly. <laughs> I thought about actually telling him that. I've been like, hey, you should. Like, look. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah I'll John, right now. John's getting roasted on one. Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah. Explain what happened there, John. I tweeted after the right after the Rodgers touchdown with the key and peel celebration. I tweeted that if the Packers did or if the Bucks didn't find a pass rush in the game and if they didn't contain Rodgers, it was going to get ugly, something along those lines. And I said, if they didn't, okay, so it was obvious, obvious disclaimer if they do do those things, then they could win. And they did those things and they won. It, it looked but rough. Twitter doesn't remember those yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. The first quarter was rough, John. I mean, it yeah, was, it was really I mean, rough. Yeah, 144 yards to 22. The mm-hmm. Packers completely dominated every facet of the first quarter uh, from time of possession to the scoreboard 10 nothing. But, gentlemen, the good news is that football, there's four quarters. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you got to play all four quarters. The Buccaneers played three quarters. The Packers only played one. And that was a right. huge difference, uh, Mark, in this, this monumental win, not just from the scoreboard 38-10, to 10, Let's get the score out there, but but Mark, th- this this was a, a landmark win for this this Buccaneer team. No, I, I think it's the biggest win this team has had in the last twelve years. I mean, going back a long time. I mean, there's there's been some some surprise wins where the Buccaneers went. They, they had a win on that five game streak back in 2017. Yeah. I guess beat it was Seattle at home. They, that, was, that was a big win. Be, right? be, that was a big win that, that people yeah. weren't expecting, and, and and a couple more went to Kansas City and won on the road, um, right. but. But they dominated this game. Uh, that Seattle game really came down really to the end. They didn't really – I mean, they, they dominated in the first quarter, and then right. Seattle kind of hung, hung around. On, but, they held on. Yeah. Right. They held on. This this was a – same thing in that five-game win streak. They beat the um, they beat the Saints and intercepted Drew Brees uh, three right. times in that game. Um, Close win, but – Right. This was but a it blowout. Wasn't, this was yeah. a blowout. It, it was really a monumental thing, something that I wrote about on Thursday and something that we've all talked about is is how important, if they could get this win, how important it would be, um, you know, for the franchise. And, oh, and to really, let's, listen, the, the NFL knows that this is a good football team, right? right. But they don't, and in the fans know this is a good football team. The players know this is a good football team. But is this a great football team? A win like this puts the Buccaneers in that upper tier, as far as I'm concerned, uh, to bounce back from a mm-hmm. from a disappointing loss, to fall yeah. back 10-0 in the first quarter, and then completely dominate a team that was 13-3 and last year, that went to the NFC Championship game, that was 4-0. and Aaron Rodgers had only been sacked three times, had no interceptions on the season, and being undefeated coming in here, and the Buccaneers just dominated the last three quarters. These are yeah. the kind of wins that can propel a team you know, deep into the playoffs, not just squeak into right. the playoffs, can, can push push them deep. Now, Scott, here's the deal. We saw that Buccaneer team beat the Saints back in 2017. Then we saw them two weeks later go to New Orleans and lose with the yep. playoffs on the line. So consistency, can they can, can they keep up the consistency, uh, go to Las Vegas next week and win, go to New York and win, and, and get on a roll here before that big matchup with the Chiefs uh, yeah. coming well, up? And it, really, the, the thing, Mark, is when you look at football, and what, what I love about it is in college you get 12 games. I mean, not this year it's COVID, right? But, but you get you get 12 shots. In the NFL you get 16, and that's it. So each one counts you know, in, in a huge way. And we right. in the media and certainly fans are always – talking about must-wins in week two, if you lose in week one, that kind of stuff, just because you you only have so many opportunities at this. And and I don't care what level you're at, whether it's Pop Warner, 
high school, college, the NFL, you have to win the winnable games to get in the playoffs. And if you lose a, a winnable game, you got to make up for it, right? You right. do. And, You're right. And, and the thing is, listen, the Bears, you got to give them credit. They're the worst five and one team in the NFL. The Bucks gave them that game, and and they had to steal a win from one of these teams, the Packers, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Rams, one of these these elite teams, we'll call them, and they did that today. Like It reminded right. me of my K-State Wildcats. You, you stump your toe in week one, half the team's out with COVID. You lose at Arkansas. You lose at home to Arkansas State, right? Uh, sorry, you know, congrats, Rick Stroud. But, but then you go back the next week and you steal a win at number three, Oklahoma, right? And, and, and this kind of had that feel. You gave away the game Thursday night against the Bears, and that was an ugly loss. But then this was a beautiful win. And I think if you if you can do this and, and get back on track at four and two, which is where people were hoping or maybe even expecting them to be right now, John, right. I, I think they're on schedule now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this was the team we all knew was there and we all knew they were capable of. Not necessarily, I'm not talking about 38 to 10 when I say that. I'm just talking about in general, like the level of play that they had. You're not always going to pick six Aaron Rodgers and, you know, almost pick six him again on the next drive. It only That's happens obvious. three times. Right. <laughs> and the Bucs have done it twice. Sixes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's not always going to happen. So I don't mean the specific breaks in the game necessarily, but I just mean the level of play. And I said this, I think another tweet of mine was after the two picks. It was kind of like, okay, like that's probably not going to happen the rest of the game. And at that point, obviously, you know, Packers still, it's 14-10. It's like, so how do you come out consistently when you aren't getting the turnovers and shut down this Packers offense? And then they proceeded to do it throughout the rest of the game, 52 yards over the final three quarters of action. I think it was 41 plays, if I remember right, for the Packers. I mean, just completely ridiculous dominance yes. um, by the Bucks defense against an elite offense. I mean, I can't, you can't say enough. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think that – I think, honestly, like it started to me – when Rodgers just got shook in this game. I think he yeah. just – I mean, I haven't seen him rattled like that. Even in games where he's played poorly, right. I don't necessarily think that I would say he was shook. Like he was right. he was out there like second-guessing everything. But and he was holding that ball and double-clutching it and didn't know where to go with it, and he was and rattled. And running for his life. Yeah, running for his life. I just felt like the Bucks dictated the pace the entire second half. I thought, uh, you know, the way Indomitian Sue went after him at the end of the first half, yeah. you know, even though it was a late hit and that wasn't smart, uh, you know, necessarily. I know those penalties offset. But that but brutal thought, sack. That big yeah, hit. the sack just, yeah. you know, chucking him down. It was just a statement by the defense, you know, after two outings where we didn't think they played as well as they should have, and I'm sure they didn't think they played as well as they should have. To come out in that game, I thought, and, and throughout those final three quarters, just dominate like that. To me, not only was it a physical and athletic, you know, statement about where this team can be, but it was like it was a it was kind of like a it was a soul snatching type of win. That's what it was right. like. It took the Packers' spirit. Like Rogers, that frustrated, like that. That's emboldening for a team moving yeah. forward when they can do that. The, to the, this was this was a, this was you know like every game we talk about. It's a chess match, right? Both teams go out, come out, kind of show what they've got, and who makes the better adjustment? Uh, Matt Lafleur had Todd Bowles' number that first quarter, right? Those first two drives, mm -hmm. 144 yards, 10 point lead. Todd Bowles adjusted, and he could do no wrong. It was as masterful of a defensive called game yeah. as I've seen Scott going back to. 2002 i mean yeah, during the super bowl this, season yeah I, listen this this packers offense is no joke 38 points per game was was what they were averaging coming into this game and to Very if you were to if you were to hold aaron Rodgers to 24 points right. congrats on a job well done right. we're talking 10 points we're talking a complete <laughs> shutout to the point where they just said aaron you're done at the seven minute mark in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna we're gonna give you the rest of the night off we're gonna wave the white flag while the Buccaneers were, were raving, they were waving the red flag of dominance yeah. from quarters two, three, and four. But yeah, it 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 really got to Rodgers to the point where uh, even Bruce Arians said he's never seen Aaron Rodgers uh, that shook, to use your term, John, and mm -hmm. and uh, and it showed. Uh, it, it reminded me, and I saw Warren Sapp in the in the press box, and boy, he was smiling through that <laughs> that mask he was wearing. He came up and, and fist dabbed me. And uh, we both kind of talked about how this was like an old Buccaneer game yeah. in terms of uh, of like Packers and and Buccaneers in the old, as Sapp would call it, the NFC Norris division, right? With a little nod to Chris Berman there from the ESPN's uh, yeah NFL game day, but but um, 
it, it reminded you of that type of, of defensive performance, the, the kind that, that we saw back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Oh, they were so physical. I mean, yeah, yeah just so but many big hits. Was, and... The difference was that the 38 points, the, right, the 31 points <laughs> yeah. scored by the offense. We yeah. didn't see that too often, did we, Mark, in, under the no. Dummy Dungy? Era. No, no, that was a that would have been a, a, a seventeen to ten win, you know, back in the in the Dungy era, um, yeah. which is still a win. But but yeah, I mean, just it was just um, really mind boggling to me because I was one of those people like John when it was ten nothing, thinking um, you know this could get ugly here because then I think yeah. after t- the Buccaneers got the ball um, and and went three and out, and then the turnover, then the big you know, play by Jamel Dean really turned things around. So, yeah. I mean, the Packers had an opportunity on that drive, on that pick to actually go up more yeah. if they go up 17 nothing at that point. Who knows what happens in the football game? But um, this is a different team, and this is just a different team, and we've been waiting to see. Um, and you know you what know, it was, team. Mark? It, yeah. it, was an, it was an aggressive team. And, yeah. and why do you come to Pewter Report fans? Because we have we get the inside information. We get some inside intel, right, to what's what's going to happen. And I gave you all a sneak peek about this on Friday right. in the yeah. SR Spat Five about being aggressive, right? Uh, right. You you heard little little hints in some of these uh, conference calls about uh, Bruce Aaron saying we, we got to get after uh, you know Aaron Rodgers. We we can't make him comfortable. And everything that we were hearing from our back channels, every everything we were getting from text messages was that was that the, they, they were going to absolutely bring it on both sides of the ball mm. and be aggressive. And that's exactly what you had to do. If you want a shot at the title, you got to take the title. And and they took it from a team. This Green Bay team is no joke. They're 13-3 and three last year, uh, playoff caliber team again this year with the 4-0 start. Uh, Green Bay is going to win a lot of games. They're, they're going to be mm. a double-digit win team again. But, but John, um, I, I, was, I was – it was pleasantly – uh, surprised to see after the horrific play call from Byron Leffridge giving the ball to Shady on third and one, right? When yeah. you got Ronald Jones averaging five yards a carry this year, and you're going <laughs> to give a you're, I mean, coming into the game, LaShawn McCoy had two carries for minus one yards. So just yeah. looking at the stats and the analytics, it I says, don't get the Shady. It love, says man. <laughs> don't give Shady the ball. If you want you want to get the ball in Shady's hands, throw him the ball, right? He can catch it out of the backfield. But he's not the guy you want running on third and one, and yeah. that was a mistake. But you know what? And the thing is, I had written a couple paragraphs about how that was a turning point in the game. I had to scratch all that because Byron Leftwich called a really good game after that, and they got the job done in the red zone. We scored. Uh, we saw two touchdowns scored from Ronald Jones, two touchdown passes to uh, by Tom Brady, one to to Gronk, who had a fantastic day, and uh, and then had uh, Tyler Johnson get his first touchdown. Uh, so I, I thought that that the aggressive mentality was there, yeah, from both sides of the ball, and that's what prevented an Aaron Rodgers comeback. I had people texting me at halftime, "What do you think the final score is going to be?" I was like, "Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. <laughs> yeah, but, he's going to score something in the second right, half." You thought, but he but he didn't, and that speaks and, and to you the were, dominance by this defense. Yeah. Today. And you were worried that that what happened with Sue. In fact, my son texted me. He goes. Oh no, they've pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I said, you know what they've done? They've also pissed off Indomic and Sue. So, right. you know, we'll see who who that favors in the second half. And um he wasn't just pissed off, he was rattled. And I, and and you're that's a great word you're using, John. He was shook. And yeah. that's really surprising coming from a guy that that's played as long as he has in this league. But Scott, you and I have seen Aaron Rodgers for whatever ro- reason struggle at Raymond James Stadium. Going back yeah. to um, uh, Josh Freeman's first start and win in, in what was that 2009 and yes. uh, Tanar Jackson with the big interception and, and um, then the um, Chad Clifton game where Warren Sapp well that was actually yeah. before that um, I, I don't know. even was was Rogers the quarterback or was that Favre in that game I can't even remember back that, then but I think that was Favre Rogers, it was Rogers it? in 2008 the Buccaneers wow. just seem to have uh, the Packers number when they yeah, it's just when they play crazy. Raymond I mean, James Stadium. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand. It's just crazy. I mean, really, the guy's own family doesn't like him, and that doesn't phase him. But for some right. reason, he gets up against that Bucks pass rush, and it's like he see. You know what I mean? He just looks so yeah. out of sorts completely. And it's right. and for his guy with such an unflappable personality, it's just really weird to see him like that. But I thought it was the, it was a combination of the blitzes, guys winning one on one. Certainly, you know, David Bakhtiari getting hurt which obviously you never want to see, but at the same time, it's like, man, when that happened, it was like yeah. right away, Todd Bowles, again, aggression. Attack, like we attack, talked, sure. attack, hit, attack, hit Ricky attack. Wagner with a stunt uh, right off of that, and they couldn't protect. It was like a double sack 
with Pierre Paul and, and David, I believe it was. But it was just, yeah, it was just a game where they just kept coming. And I think because that pass rush was so ferocious, what got overlooked a little bit and not a lot of people were talking about, other than talking about Jamel Dean's interception, was the cornerback tandem for the Bucs. I, I oh, think, yeah. guys, that the Bucs might have the next great young cornerback tandem in the NFL. There aren't a lot of these around the league right now consistently week in and week out that are playing at an elite level. And right now, man, I mean, Carlton Davis, when he is impressed, man, Devontae Adams, I think, finished this game six catches, 61 yards. He had two at least later in the game that were decent chunk plays that were against zone coverage where Davis was not in his area. But when Davis was against him impressed, man, it was it was it was Davis, fellas. Davis won yeah. that matchup. Uh, he was the one with the tip pass that ended up in the interception for Mike Edwards. And he's you know, not at so many times. It was, it was kind of yeah. a game time decision, right? You know? Didn't right. practice all week. Yeah. Um, Jamel Dean, what five, six pass, five pass breakups, six pass breakups this season, and that huge interception. I mean, he is the dude has not been responsible in man coverage for a single. I mean, the, the Jimmy Graham play, and he, I thought again, like I thought he played that one even well. So I mean, he just does not have many negative moments. I know. Pro Football Focus had him going into the game as a top yeah. five ranked corner for them. And I can't even imagine coming out of that game. I don't think he gave up a catch. And so right. uh, hey, John, just a dominant performance. To your point him. about Carlton Davis, four pass breakups today, six tackles, just like you said, yeah. uh, tipped the pass that was picked off by Mike Edwards. And, and the and we the first play that was or the second play of the game where he busts through on the screen. He's the only corner out there. Yeah. He busts through the block and almost picks off that pass. I mean, he he, he – he is playing elite football. We we I'm just full disclosure. We kind of laughed when Bruce Arians said like he's a top ten corner in the league this offseason. Was it this yeah. summer? We were like, okay, like yeah. he's talking up his guy. I mean, we we like Davis, but we just right. top ten. I mean, he's not wrong this season. He's been a top ten corner in the league. That's and Carlton Davis been. dropped the pick today. He had a pick. He was going yeah. back for the ball yeah. and, and landed. It just bounced out of his hands. But that right. would have been pick number four for him. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's playing absolutely awesome, and Jamel Dean's playing great, and it's going to come to a point in the conversation. I feel kind of bad because it's not like Sean Murphy Bunting has been bad, but Dean is right. just clearly better. He's a more opportunistic player. Yes. You know, it matters. He's a better athlete. I mean, it's just it matters. Hey, you know he, what? He 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 plays with such confidence. Sean Murphy Bunting, yeah. since he's come back from the injury, to me, is playing a little timid and not playing with a lot of confidence. When he does get beat, he tends to kind of look around like, you know, was I in the right spot? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and and I think you got to get Jamel Dean out there, uh, you know, opposite of of, of Carlton Davis. And yeah, um, well, and, and, you know, and, really and, and you're right. Those Scott, let me ask you this real quick, yeah. and then you can go to your point. Best two cornerback, I mean, best two duo that we've seen in Buccaneer history: Donnie Abraham, Brian Kelly, Rondé Barber. Kind of that mix of those three guys. Yeah. The, these guys can be as good, if not better, at some point. I mean, they're they're at this stage in their career. Uh, yeah, Jamel Dean only in his you know, second year of opportunity to, you know, to start really right. not even a full season. Um, you know, this, this guy just has natural instincts and, yeah. and, 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 and physical traits too. the ability to, to close and to make that pick six, like he did today. Um, most cornerbacks, that's a routine completion. They come up right. and make the tackle, right? But he was able to make that break and he almost had one against Chicago or was yeah, that Carlton last? It was, it was, it was Dean on that one as well. So Anyway, yeah, uh, they're only going to get I, better, I think. I think so, and and really, I, I think what what we're seeing is is these guys maturing and growing up a little bit, right? Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, they're young guys. I mean, they are just from the way they they act and carry themselves. You know, they they they're young, but they're growing up fast. The thing about Dean, though, is if he continues this play, um, then he might become cornerback too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Adam G from one of our comments says Dean gets too lazy for cornerback too, but I think he's growing up. That's what kind of leads me to this point. Right. And, and really, the difference is right now, Sean Murphy Bunting is cornerback too, which means when they're in base defense, it's he and Carlton Davis that are out there starting the game. And yeah. then when they move to nickel, that's when Sean Murphy Bunting goes from outside inside to the slot, and then then J Jamel Dean comes in. But and they're in it, nickel a lot, so he does play nickel a lot, lot. exactly. Yeah. But it might you might be at the point where Jamel Dean is the starting cornerback, and then when you're in nickel, then you bring in Sean Murphy Bunting right. for the slot. I, th I, I think I think we're almost there, and yeah. I, it's a little bit of a reversal because at the end of the year, Sean Murphy Bunting was was maybe one of the, the best cornerbacks on this team. He had three interceptions, the pick six to shut down the Lions. That he had the pick in the end zone. So when you talk about that trio of cornerbacks. Mark, the, the thing that stands out is Donnie Abraham was the all-time leading interceptor for the Buccaneers. 
and and then Rondé Barber passed him. I think I think uh, uh, Iceman had 31 interceptions, I believe, mm-hmm. and then Barber ended up with 47 interceptions. And then Brian Kelly really struggled catching the ball, almost like Carlton Davis, where he had like he'd go through a season with no interceptions yeah. or one interception, and all of a sudden, boom! The they Super Bowl year, year it was he? eight. It was yeah. eight in the Super Bowl year, and and the year the year prior, Rondé Barber had ten. So. Um, I, I think that's where this group is, needs to get to is that playmaking trio in terms of getting the interceptions. Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. said something that always stuck with me. Um, he told his, his defensive backs when he got to Tampa in 2001 replacing Herm Edwards, he says, you got to stop with, with the, the, the celebrating the pass breakups. You know, this, this nonsense, yeah. who cares, it's a pass breakup. You failed. You didn't get the interception. Your job is to get the ball back for the offense. And he set the standard. And guess what? Uh, after a year of Mike Tomlin, what happened in 2002? The Buccaneers set a franchise record with 31 interceptions. Yeah, 31. Yeah. Now, the linebackers got some of those, right? We know Derek Brooks had five that year, including a couple he took back for touchdowns. But that's the difference. If you want to be good, and this, this is a good unit right now, mm-hmm. you've got to make those Jamel Dean-type plays like you did today because that will get you fast-tracked to great. And we've seen Carlton right. Davis come through with three picks, should have had four. Uh, we've seen Dean now uh, with, with, the, with the pick six. And Sean Murphy Bunting, it's, it's his turn to step up and be like the guy that he was last year. And I think yeah. the injuries have hindered him a little bit. Absolutely. We got some questions I want to get to, too. A bunch of people want us to talk about the McClendon acquisition. We've gotten several questions on this. Yeah. Uh, Bucks traded uh, for Steve McClendon, defensive tackle for the Jets. Uh, he was a Steeler, so I actually am kind of pretty familiar with him. And then he's obviously was with the Jets, was with there when Todd Bowles was there. So knowing the system's going to be there. Todd Bowles got the best play out of him, I thought. Uh, he's almost 35, so he's hold. Uh, but he is a run stuffer. Uh, he is very physical. He's all business. He's made a career out of being just an early down player, uh, and he's been very good at it. Pro Football Focus grades him highly. I've always thought highly of him when I've watched the Jets. I thought he got better every year that he after Izzy got older, to be honest. I haven't seen him this year at all, but thought last year he played great. So, you know, they're going to shelter his snaps. He is going to be a guy that doesn't play a ton of football um, for them, but he's going to be helpful in that role, I think. Um, and I I don't know. I know some people also want to know like, what we thought of, of the missing Vita Vea today. You know, I'm definitely going to look at the tape on, on some of the run defense. I mean, I think they defended the run fine. Uh, wasn't I think they had 94 quite yards total. Standards. Yeah. And, yeah. But I think that one of the biggest things was the pass rush. You know, When they were rushing with four, there wasn't hardly any interior push. They started running games, and they started blitzing, and that's when things started being successful. Um, they got the backup tackle in there. That's when things really started breaking down for Green Bay. But early in the game when I thought it was mostly four and when they weren't – when the inside guys were not getting a huge push until he started moving them gaps and switching them spots. So that's something to watch for, and that's an area where I don't think McClendon's going to be a, a huge right. help as, as a pass rusher. He doesn't. Well, and do, it, it's he's interesting too there. because McClendon is six four two eighty. He is really like an undersized guy. At least that's what he's listed at. I don't know if that's, yeah. if that's an old measurement or something, but he's but not mean, big. I don't. I think that's probably too small. But he's not a huge yeah. guy. No, he's not. Yeah. He's very so, stout. He's not very a three fifty Vea. No, no yeah, exactly. He's, he's but he, not, yeah, not but he can play. But he can eat doubles still. Like he yeah. can, you know, he he's just very. He does the dirty work. I, yeah. I was reading one of the Jets websites, and um, and he was it actually this summer before the season started. He was voted by by this website as the most underappreciated or uh, uh, underrated yeah. player on the entire Jets roster because of the dirty work that he does that you don't get a lot of recognition for. And you know what? He's just going to be part of that rotation with uh, with with Nacho and and uh, maybe Ledbetter, uh, Khalil Davis, mm-hmm. of course, is going to get an opportunity when when he gets healthy again. So. Um, Again, that they gave up 94 total yards rushing, um, but again, and the, you you mentioned it right off the gate, right out of the gate, John. That you know after that first quarter, it was you know less than 60 yards the rest of the game, and right, that's right. just mind boggling. Well, and, and guys, you're talking about Aaron Jones who was coming in here. This Packers run game was average, averaging 150 yeah. yards per game on the ground. Yeah. Now the Bucks got 158 yards themselves mm-hmm. running the ball with with Ronald Jones getting his third straight 100 yard game. But you just look at Jamel. Chef Aaron, Chef Aaron saying, are they best running back duo in the NFL when Fournette comes back? <laughs> no. Uh, we'll have to see. But I, what, I, what I like is, is the job they did on Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones today. Yeah. Not just Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. 10 carries, 15 yards. 
Uh, Jones had one touchdown, but averaged 1.5 yards. You had the, the big uh, breakout run from Jamal Williams, uh, the 25-yarder. Uh, but even Williams only had 34 yards in the game. Uh, and late in the game, A.J. Dillon, there was backups yeah. in for the Bucs. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, was, it was late. It was a meaningless play, but he got a right. big gain. So really what you did is you held the Packers uh, about almost 60 yards under their average. In yeah. Terms of, of running the ball. Right. Right. And yeah, so I thought, you know, when you look at what they did defensively, collectively in every facet of the game, to be honest, especially after 10 nothing, complete and utter shutdown, I think. And yeah. it's the kind of defensive performance that you hope, you know, spurs you on to continue. You know, you go up against the Raiders, you've got, you know, some tough ones coming up, you know, that, that are going to be big games in terms yeah. of this team continuing to find to define who they are. Saints, but Rams, and Chiefs on the horizon. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And so there are big ones coming up. So this is great, I think, for their confidence. But we also, if we're being honest, you know, and, and I know we have more to talk about here, but we haven't seen this team have to, you know, how do they handle this type of success? You know, so I think that's going to be something we learn about them moving forward, but can't say much more about uh, this game. And I would certainly bet on the fact that this is a win that kind of spurs them on to bigger and better things. Scott, I know you like to do a little bit of betting yourself. Uh, Any, uh, anything that you bet on this weekend that worked out well for you? I would really, it was about 500. I kind of, I kind of broke even on a lot of bets. Um, that's that's but, winning betting in my book. <laughs> that's that's exactly. even, that, yeah. You won, man. I'm I've, happy I've had you. worse weekends, Mark. That's yeah. for sure. But listen, right. uh, Buck fans, between the NFL, college football, and there's a little thing called the World Series going on. I think the Rays are in it, right? How about that? Yes. How, about, how about the Buccaneers? Mm. How about the Buccaneers following up, right? You have the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. Then you've got maybe the Rays win the World Series. Let's got, not get ahead of ourselves, but it, it's looking pretty good. Then the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. At Ray J, Super Bowl 55, who knows, right? But listen, there's, there's no shortage of games to watch right now. Thousands of lines available for your favorite sport teams and events. You can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games more exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn an ordinary bet into a real moneymaker. And don't forget the underdogs. they got a ton of value. I like to bet the money line. So be sure to check out the money line bets that they've got at my bookie. Game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at my bookie. When you do, use the promo code Pewter. That's P E W T E R to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and head start on your winning season. That's promo code Pewter for your claim to a bonus that's going to double your initial deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Yeah, use my bookie, not Mark's bookie, because if you ask my bookie for a $1,000 advance, uh, he would probably slap you. I'm going to break you your end, you, may end up, you may end up in a trunk somewhere. And I'm at the bottom of the Hillsborough like River. <laughs> That's how do you know that my bookie sounds like that? Um, but anyway, I'm going to start using your bookie, Scott, which happens to be my bookie. So definitely go check those guys out. And w- w- while we're taking a quick pause from football talk, um, we just want to remind our listeners: if you have a business or you work for a company that could use some help in advertising, um, getting customers in your business, in your store, in your restaurant, and in, in your sales environment. Whatever it is, let Pewter Report help. I mean, this this win, obviously, our traffic has been through the roof the entire year. The Tom Brady effect isn't just on the NFL. I mean, on, on the it's Buccaneers huge. locker room. It's, it's huge for, 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 for all of us right now. And, um, you know, we can show you the Google Analytics. We can show you the number of visits. We can show you the impressions that your ads will get. And we can curtail something. If you We can think outside the box. If you don't just want just an ad on the website, maybe you want to sponsor uh, one of the columns. Maybe you want to sponsor the Monday Mail bag or, or the Bucks briefing, whatever it may be, you know, or the we'll, Peter Report we'll, podcast or the Peter right. Report podcast. The, the title sponsor is still wide open. So give uh, any of the three of us a call. Uh, but uh, you can reach myself, Mark at pewterreport.com. Scott is SR at pewterreport.com. And John, I don't have any idea. It's just a computer. <laughs> how do people, how do people reach you via email? Oh, via email, jledge15 at gmail.com. There you go. 
uh, let us help you out. We can certainly increase your business, and we'd be happy to do that. And uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Um, the Bucks' offense, you know, we talked about how great the defense was, guys. This offense played really efficient and, and mistake-free football, um, but still not their best football. Your best receiver on the football team has one catch for 10 yards, and you scored 38 <laughs> points. Well, you know, 31 because of the pick six. Right. But, I mean, it's just amazing where they And you find... didn't show up for the first quarter. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's there's there's – there's so much more that this this offense can do. Tom Brady said it after the game. They only had I mean, one we were... one drive in the first quarter. Too. <laughs> that was a weird. Yeah. What a weird game that was. But at yeah. the beginning of it anyway. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was one of those games where it's like, man, they didn't really involve Mike Evans. But it was also like, I, you know, I don't know if that it was. That's not a big deal. Like, I mean, it's not. I know that that it's like a reprogramming of the way Bucks fans think. I think because in the past, if you didn't involve Mike Evans in your offense, you were not going to win the football game probably. And so, I think that seeing Mike Evans get one catch for 10 yards is hard for Bucks fans to like rationalize how it could have yeah. been a good offensive performance while also seeing that because they're programmed and I get it completely. Now, this isn't a knock, but they're just kind of, I think programmed to think if he doesn't produce this offense, wasn't good, but I think the offense was good. It was efficient throughout most of the game. There were definitely things I didn't like from, from a play calling perspective and an approach in the game. But at the same time, Brady made plays on third downs. They used tons of different receivers. Brady has consistently spread the ball around all game. He doesn't lock on any one guy. He just spreads the ball around. Um, you know, nobody really feasted today. I mean, you could say Gronk certainly, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too, had his best game as a buck and, and Chris Godwin's impact was, was obvious, but you know, it was also another thing where I wonder, you know, I'm anxious to look at the snaps and see how many snaps Mike Evans even played in that game, especially as it got out of hand. But I just felt, felt like the fact that they could take some time and get him 100% without having to rely on him to be the horse right. today was they didn't huge. Need him today. Right, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. Exactly right. And so, like, you know, it's but, not, but this game no was 28 Mike... to 10, and, and, you know, they hadn't used him. So at that point, it's like, okay, yeah. we don't need but, him. <laughs> but when Mike Evans is on the field, he takes attention, right? He, get, he gains right. attention. So – while he's not putting up stats, he's still helping that offense in a in a small way too, because he is taking some of the focus away from some of the other guys. And the thing about Tom Brady is he's not going to force the ball just because right. you're the twenty million dollar receiver. I mean, he's going to yep. find the open guy. And um, and one of the big keys I thought today with the efficiency of this offense was the bounce back game from the offensive line, which was yes. dreadful. They played great against the Chargers. Terrible game against the uh, Bears the other night, but a great game tonight uh, or today on Sunday against the Packers. And um, look, we've said it all along. If this offensive line protects Tom Brady with the amount of weapons they have here, this team can yeah. score 30, 35, 40 points on a consistent basis. They're just that loaded offensively. But it all right. starts up front. you got to give Tom Brady time. He's and not you know going to evade a lot of they people. They didn't beat themselves today. I got so That's sick right. and tired of writing that damn story. Yep. <laughs> Bucks feed Bucks. I got so sick and tired of it. I mean, listen, um, you know, we're, we're human beings, right? I mean, I want to, I, I would like me. to cover a point. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, no. you're an alien, but it's a good, but, good point, Mark. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I would like, I would like for the narrative be, to be changed after a dozen years. It's, it's time to, you know, for, for Tom Brady to, to lead his, his people out of the the wasteland and back to the playoffs <laughs> and um and and you can't beat yourselves if you're going to do that this team didn't do that no penalties today zero in my 25 years of covering this team i've never ever right. covered a buccaneer team uh that has had zero penalties in the game i and, and no sacks no penalties 150 uh, plus rushing yards this offensive line totally uh paved the way for a fantastic day for this offense and really rebounded from what was a dreadful second half, especially in Chicago. And this yeah, is and this they, was not a bad Green Bay front four, right? I mean, this was a good, right. you yeah. know, a solid pass rushing team. I mean, it wasn't like you know they were playing the JV squad. Zadarius I mean, Smith was, was sure a non factor. I mean, he was he's a pressure leader last year in the NFL, right. and you know one of the sack leader, you know, up there in sacks, and he was a non factor. I mean, I didn't even. You know, he was on. He was not noticeable throughout the entire game. Tristan Wirfs again. I mean, we just can't yeah. say it enough. He's right. been one of the best offensive tackles in football this year. Like it's, it's crazy to say because he's a rookie and that position usually takes a while to acclimate. But I think he's been absolutely phen phenomenal. And you know, I think the whole offensive line. Yeah, you said. I mean, protection was terrific throughout the game. 
obviously wasn't a game where they had to drop Brady back, you know, seven step drops all game and chuck it uh, deep, but they still did their fair share of, of deep passing. And, you know, I think uh, that, I think that's something that this defense, this team has to be able to do. You know, they have to be able to hit those plays down the field. You saw the play action to Godwin, the pass interference uh, penalty, uh, Scotty Miller, the 31 yarder to Gronkowski uh, as well. You know, they, I mean, that's something they have to be able to do and protection has to hold up to do those things. And, it did, and it has throughout and, most of the season. It's a huge plus moving forward. And they were hell-bent on getting Cyril Grayson a catch today. Did you see that? Even Blaine Gabbert tried to get him the ball in the fourth quarter. Scott Stop. is beating the drum <laughs> for this. Stop. They're going to get this guy a catch at some point this season. I mean, no, everybody Scott else has a, a catch. <laughs> it's nothing He's personal. Gonna, the it, only way he catches it is with his face mask. I'm telling Bruce you. Bruce Arian says it's, it's not personal. Uh, it's not like I don't like you. I just don't like your football. Right. right. That, yeah. That's what he says to, to players. It, it, it's not personal. I don't, it's just, I don't like your football. Right. I just don't like Cyril Grayson's football. Yeah. Him as a football player. Uh, ah. I don't know why you run that ball out and start at the 17 yard line or whatever. I mean, just they yeah, think they good. think because he's fast, you know, it's it goes back to Bruce, you yeah. know, has always had a hand in drafting his wide receivers. But you think about the guys at Arizona, they draft, you know, the JJ Nelson. Oh, he's fast. You know, he's one of the last UAB guys. And before they shut down that program for a little while, and it was like, man, you know, he's fast. Like he get, you know, he's like 165 pounds or something. It's like, he's fast. We got to get him out there. You know, we just got to get guys out there like that. Yeah. And then he, the pass interference happened last week and I, you know, in the bears game. And I knew after that, I was like, he's playing, he's getting 10 snaps from here on out just because yeah. he loves that speed. You know, that's always been his thing. And Jason lights yeah. up with him on that. You know, they agree on that. Well, Most of the time it works out for him. Well, look guys, I mean, you can say he's not very good, but he only had one less catch than Mike Evans today. Just saying. <laughs> That's I mean, true. he's not far That's off true. from being Mike Evans. Let's That's right. It's pretty close. Yeah. And now everyone has left the live broadcast. Yeah, they're like out. <laughs> Somebody just asked, are we live? Yeah, we were, we were live. Yeah. but uh, no, We were. Now live. nobody's here. <laughs> but but yeah. the connection that was clearly back in this game was Brady to Gronk. I mean, Gronk has dealt with – I don't know how much y'all like roll through Twitter during these games, but Gronk deals with some slander. I mean, it is – even from our own staff, Grizz was making Gr fun of the way he runs Grizz today. Gr yes, yeah. Grizz. I was like, and you tell Gronk fans, he's like, not very athletic. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm not saying that the guy run, you know, that the guy is, uh, but he's never been a burner. Like I right, watch tape right. of this team every week. He is still creating separation. I mean, you saw him running away from defensive backs today. Like, yeah. I don't know why people are. I get it. I get this part. He is not the guy you want to use on screens. That part is ridiculous. Right. The Patriots yeah. didn't even do that. So like. You know, that often. So I don't understand that whole fascination. But down the field, he's made plays vertically. He's made contested yeah. catches. He made one, you know, a couple weeks ago in the Chargers game. I right. mean, he's made one today in the end zone that was phenomenal. And then again, you know, on the a 31 back. yarder today, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And everything. So he looks I thought, great. I thought, I, think. <laughs> I thought the adjustment he made on his touchdown was as good yeah. of an adjustment as you're going to see from a Mike Evans or even a Chris Godwin, the way he was able to turn his body completely yeah. around, go up and high point, and still box out the, the, uh, the, the defender on that play. I just thought that's 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 something that I don't know that OJ Howard makes that catch yet. I mean, I don't know yeah. that he's you know there yet as far as as a receiver, but that's just part of Gronk and and Brady kind of having that chemistry. I mean, Brady knew well, on that third down, right. and I was screaming, "It's third and six! Why are you trying to throw?" You know, but what do I know? They end up scoring a touchdown on it. I'm one of those guys that hate when you go deep when it's third and four. Just get the first down and keep the chain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, when you look, look at Gronkowski, five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, and then you, you've got Godwin, too, coming back. I mean, he right. yeah, he did enough as a chain mover today, working the inside. inside. Uh, five catches, 48 yards, uh, had a 25-yarder. Um, and, and I thought All that, his that, plays were big. All his plays were impactful, yeah. I thought. You know, he broke yeah. a tackle, and he got close to a first down on the second drive of the game or something like that. And, you know, he comes out. He catches a screen and he's the only guy that can do anything on screens on the whole right. team. I don't, you know, yeah, I just I forget it with anybody else. Like he's the yeah. only guy. And so he makes the play down the field and the play action. You know, he's he's just tough and he makes catches in the middle of the field and he keeps the offense on schedule. And I think if they had more plays offensively, I especially know. plays that mattered offensively, then this would have been like a game where you could have seen more production from Chris Godwin yeah. and Mike Evans. But the reality was, Scott, they just did not have a lot of plays offensively were like they needed to be utilizing those kinds of guys. It just wasn't something that, that right. they hit consistently drop. Mark, you're back. 
You know, I'm not going to slam my internet provider, um, but anyway, <laughs> it just occasionally just decides to quit yeah. and uh, and just disconnects. So anyway, Spectrum, uh, it, seamless, <clears throat> the seamless recovery. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I so I think that the Gronk's involvement in the offense, great thing, because there are going to be games where Mike Evans eats. The only thing that bothers me about the Mike Evans thing is. I I have this weird guys. I really want Mike Evans to get to a thousand yards. Yeah, I just I want it. I think yeah. he deserves it. I think he's that caliber of a player, and I, I know he's I been think banged you're, up. You're going to see you're going to see a push later in the year, and I think December is going to be Mike Evans' month. I yeah. think you're you're going to see him stack 150 yard games. They're going to do everything they can to get there. But you know what? And here's the thing. And, and Mark, you and I have covered him uh, since his rookie season in, in 2014. He wants to win. That's all he cares about is winning. Yeah. Um, would he like to make the playoffs and uh, beat Randy Moss's record for with seven consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to start his career? Yes, he would. If you, yep. if you went to him before this season and said, Mike, one of these things has to give. Either you're not making the playoffs this year or um, you're going to lose your, your consecutive uh, yard yeah. streak, but you will make the playoffs. He's going to take that every time. Scott, he laugh, he, 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 he laugh at you for asking. That's how he, that's he, right. I, I actually, I actually asked him that a couple weeks ago on on one of the Zoom calls, and he said, "Mark, you know me better than that." He says, "I I want to win. I haven't yeah. won since I've been here. I want to win. Um, stats are nice, all those accolades. The man has made a lot of money. He's going to continue to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but but again, ask a guy like Demar Dotson what it's like to go through." You know, a ten or twelve year career, not Gerald make McCoy. the playoffs. Gerald yeah. McCoy, another yeah. guy. So, yeah, Levante David, still him. on this team, <laughs> yeah. has never been mm-hmm. to a playoff game. You know. By the and, way, what a you know, I, I'm so happy for Levante to be able to showcase and show the nation how you good this guy it, is. You, you called in your in your hook. He wanted to make a statement, and yeah. he did. He he was everywhere in the run game, uh, a sack and a half on yeah. national television. This was the Fox game of the week. So, kudos to you for calling it. John, kudos to you. You called it with the pewter pants. Right? Pewter as, pants. As TV Ray 13 points out, uh, th- that's the uniform combination. And nobody hates the all-white look more than me. I don't care what you say, Buccaneers. <laughs> that's true. It's clean. I like the all-white look. It looks look, fresh. Too. Okay, great. I like it. Like, like the first game of the year and then move on. All right? It's all-white. Great. Uh, I agree that they had Then go with the pewter pants. Like, yeah. Pewter pants yeah. is where it's at. We like pewter here and, and the, these. That's for I, some strange pewter reason on we pewters, do. Oh, I love the pewter on pewter. That's too. Tom I'm Brady's not, favorite. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the pewter on pewter, oh, but I will no. say, oh, come on. I, it oh. doesn't. I didn't even recognize that team. Even when I look back, I was looking oh, at some photos badass. earlier tonight. It's, it's okay. Badass. It's got to grow on me. It's it's a good looking uniform. Okay. Well, you know what? But we've never right. seen it before, so it here's, looks here's odd to me. Number one, they're completely undefeated in that all pewter look. Number two, they're undefeated this year in pewter pants. They're only two and two with the all white look. So I'm ready for I'm ready for the I would love a red jersey and white pants or a red and the pewter combination. I'm ready for the uh, for the for the red jerseys for sure. Yeah, they're coming. Well, and actually, um, I I think the next time they're wearing all pewter is going to be it's going to be against the Giants on Monday Night Football. That's the next time I believe they were all pewter. So that that's coming up. You know what else is coming up? No. I got to call Briar Greaves. I got to call him tomorrow. You still haven't done that yet? No, I haven't. I actually have to call him myself for something, too. But we got to give Briar Greaves a call. And the best way to do that is to reach him by phone or on their website at briargreavesinsurance.com. But give him a call. What I love about Briar Greaves, they're my personal insurance agent. They handle my homeowner's policy. Um, is, Is just the personal service you get. And when you call, you can ask for Briar. You can ask for Sam, Briar's dad. Sam's the son. Uh, just good people, good laid back people. I've went in there, Scott and John, and and we went in there to talk business, and it's forty five minutes later, and we've done nothing but talk about Buccaneer football. It's just like talking to one of your buddies uh, at the office or or a family member. They just put you at ease. And besides that fact, they just offer tons of services that every single person needs. Um, it's not like a car dealership, right? You don't always need a car. You don't always need an attorney. But everybody needs some type of insurance, whether it's your home, auto, life, business, personal, homeowners, renter's insurance. They've got some lines of insurance that I promise you that you need. And even if you think you're fully covered, why not give Sam or Briar a call and let them take a look at what you have? Hurricane season is not over completely. Uh, give, them a, give them a shout at 
8764166. Of course, that's area code 813, but it's 8764166. Give them a call and uh, and just chat with them and talk to them about what you have now. Let them compare. Let them shop around your rates. It costs nothing, and Mark. It, it costs yeah, nothing exactly. to give, give them a call and compare your rates. And you know what? If their rates are lower, then you just save money just by right. making a phone call. Yep, absolutely. And they'll tell you. They'll say, you know what? I can't beat this. Or they'll say, yeah, we can. Let's do something about it. So anyway, every penny counts in today's economic times. Why not save money? Give Briar Greaves a call or visit them on their website, briargreavesinsurance.com, briargreavesinsurance.com, or 813-876-4166. Even if for some reason you don't need insurance, which is just not true, give them a <laughs> shout, send them an email, and thank you for being a proud sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. All right, what else we got before we wrap this thing up? Well, we got to talk about the big picture impact as we always do every, you know, four and two, the record. We talked about the trade for McClendon a little bit and how it should help shore up the run defense as well. What are the terms of that trade? Just so we let everybody know. They're swapping. um, Hang on. I will tell you. It's the Bucks and the Jets that are swapping picks, right? Yeah. And and the the number isn't exactly, I mean, the exact round hasn't, but it's swapping late round picks in 2022 and 2023. Am so, I crazy that we don't see like I'm not remembering this wrong, right? We don't really see game day trades with two teams that are playing that day, right? Like that's weird, it, right? It's yeah. rare that it happens. I was gonna say that was so I think weird. The, I think the Jets were holding out hope they might win today, and and you know go on a playoff run, and they didn't want to get rid of McClendon. As soon as they get yeah. out of the game, they were just right. like hit, hit send on the trade. And, and trust me, it's going to be a fire sale in New York. They already got rid of Le'Veon Bell, uh, and Adam Gates and better McClendon, be next. He is awful. You know, he is hey, absolutely right, the worst. How, how about how about Christine Arians retweet uh, tonight? <laughs> of uh, we of have those. fired Adam Todd Bowles for Adam Gase. Yeah, right? and and she says something to the effect of like, Worked "Thank God we us. got him. Worked out <laughs> yeah. well for us." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you know what? Those Arians. Those Arians. Even Jake got into it a little bit tonight on Twitter. He's uh, he gets fiery as well too. Yeah, I love Jake. Um, he's he's the most follower on Twitter. And, and we didn't, uh, John. You didn't explain fully. Why you were getting roasted? You talked about what your tweet was, but we didn't mention that somebody tweeted back at you, which encouraged a lot of Buccaneer Jason fans Light. to hammer you. Jason Light himself. Oh, um, I thought that's what took the exception. Was. I, thought- <laughs> I don't think we even mentioned that part. Do I don't think we got to that. I don't, I don't I, know I, that we I got. I think we that. might have mentioned it, but it's worth mentioning again. Yeah, to have the GM quote tweet you and light you up. Right. Yeah. Hey, he loves to get on and check out at what everybody's saying after these games. Oh, yeah. We know that. So Yeah, yeah all these, all these on your football toes. people that say, well, we don't read the papers or we don't read the oh. internet. No, they read. They follow they Twitter. All. They they know they know what's being said about him. Bill yeah. Belichick may not, but everybody else in the world. That's does. true. That's fair. Yeah. Belichick, I really believe him when he says that, but everybody else, nah. I guarantee you he still has a flip phone. Guarantee you. Well, I mean, the thing is, is is uh there there are players and uh We'll call them Bucks Brass people. That when we write something that they disagree with, they will let us know. They'll text mm-hmm. us, and, and we'll have a little debate or conversation about it, which is always fun. It's cool. It's it's pewterreport.com is very well read, not just by the Buccaneer fan base, but by the powers that be, all the way to the top. The ladies just read it too. And we actually had and, a uh, we actually and, had and, a player we, take we, exception to something John wrote recently too. So occasionally we get players that hammer us oh, as yeah. well. Did we? I don't even remember it. It, it moves so quickly through my head. That so, was Taylor. That was Taylor that wrote that. Oh, it was Taylor. Yeah, it was, yeah, Taylor. was Taylor. Yeah. 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 Jordan Whitehead got on Taylor. Yeah. yeah. That was, that <laughs> was right. fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, Grizz got got. So that was. But good. nobody. But nobody's <laughs> that got was hammered. DM, as, though, so nobody, nobody. Nobody's got hammered as bad as me with Donald Penn, though. Oh yeah, got, we did. I've we got, just got, outed Grizz, didn't we? I've got hundreds of mentions, Scott. Yeah. Come on. Don't compare us. It still right, doesn't. Com- it still doesn't compare to to the Donald Penn when he when he wanted to fight me, uh, when he literally oh, yeah. threatened me on Twitter. That was that was classic. Well, I, I thought that was he was blowing up my phone on on. It wasn't like Labor Day or something. It was or, Memorial or, Day weekend. Day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was I was on vacation. He was like mm-hmm. blowing up my phone, like ripping you, cursing you. And then it a made one. It made know, that was a, fantastic. A pro football talk, and then everybody picked it up. In fact, if yes. you Google, go Google just Mark Cook and Donald Penn, and there's literally like over one million. You know, at the bottom of the Google thing. I mean, there's yeah. It's uh, and and it's funny. I you know, I me and Donald we made up, uh, but a few oh, yeah. years ago we saw him at the NFL owners meeting, and yeah. you're like, go talk to him. I'm like, I'm not gonna talk to him. He's at the bar <laughs> drinking right now. I mean. Right. 
It was fine in the Buccaneer locker room big, when he was sober, right? but yeah, he's, he's still, still a big, big. He was playing for the Raiders at the time. He was still right. in really good shape. And uh, yeah. anyway, we had a good time in Orlando. And uh, and actually, Donald and I chat all the time. Occasionally, yeah, when I time. say uh, when I write an article and I talk about the offensive line, when I say a former player. I'm just going to let you know it's Donald Penn. I'm just going to reveal my source right now. I can always ask Donald Penn about things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and it was actually him I asked about Tristan Wirfs switching midseason over to the left side if right. Donovan continued to play well. And he's the one that said it can be done. He had to but do it one do year. It but one he said it would, you don't want to do it. And they're paying Donovan way too much right. to do that anyway right now. They're going to let it play out this year. John, the cool thing about PeterReport.com is, is – is really the readers, is you guys, Buck fans, that you turn to us for your Bucks news and insight. And the reason why you do so is because you're smart. You're a really educated fan base. And I'm going to put up here, G Vegas. We're three and zero at home. It feels good to have home wins. Boy, that's a hell of a stat. I didn't think about that for a team that has not gone past 500 at home since John Gruden was was head coach. This team has not had a winning record at home. The best right. they had was two back-to-back seasons of four and four at home under Dirk Cutter. But even last year, Mark, they won two home games in the Bruce Arians. I, know. Right? I actually got tired of you writing about it in the Fab the last six or seven years, how yeah. bad their home record has been. But you've been absolutely right. Yeah. You can't be Great a playoff team, team and be sub-500 at home. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Three and zero to start, and let's see if they can keep the momentum going. Can, can, can I just say one thing? I was thinking about this throughout the entire game. What the only downer of this entire game was the fact that that stadium wasn't packed, and Buccaneer uh, fans couldn't see that dominating uh, performance in person. I kept thinking about yeah. that, and you were actually at the game, yeah. but I kept thinking to myself, man, this is a game. And yes, there would have been twenty thousand Packers fans there, uh, but it would have just been a it's just an insane environment, yeah. particularly in that second half. So anyway, hated for the Buck fans that couldn't be there. Yeah, um, four and two, going to Las Vegas next Sunday night. Right? It's a Sunday. Raiders night have game. a bye week, right? They don't play this week, right? So anyway. they'll be rested and prepared. John Gruden uh, in the Death Star against his former team. So that should be interesting. Raiders have been all over the place, man. I'm still not quite sure what to make of this team. You know, yeah. the Saints game. Everybody's like, here they go. Like yeah. Gruden's team finally getting it together. Then they lose to the Patriots. Get crushed by the Patriots really yeah. lose a close one to the bills and the Patriots haven't looked like world beaters yeah. lately either and right. lose a close one to the bills, but didn't really play well offensively. I think they scored late in the game to cut it to a one score game and then beat the chiefs and look great on offense Threw the ball down the field and made big play like that. Not something they've ever done with Derek Carr. I don't hey, not we, in the last couple of years. So as, tough as, team to figure out as we peel back the curtain a little bit and reveal some things, Scott, you're not going to believe the text I just got. And, we were talking about we get text when people don't like what we write, mm-hmm. and I'm not even going to say who it is or anything, but uh, it's uh, they sent a link of our most disappointing and said, really, this week, the best game we've had in a decade, and you put up <laughs> the most disappointing. Uh, you know, I haven't had a chance. I just got that text as we're talking here. and I, yeah. You know, I mean, listen, we get it, and Matt prefaced it very well. Clearly, yeah. they didn't read the article. that We didn't – I mean, right. it was a great win. It's hard to pick out, yeah. but it's something we've done consistently yeah. for at least the last 10 years, maybe even before I've been here. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter if they would have won 73-0 to zero and – set an NFL record for the largest margin of victory. Somebody right. didn't play great. And, uh, right. you know, we, you know, and again, it's not, they're bad players. By God, it was we're disappointing. Point it out. Right. We are. We're going to point it out. Uh, yeah. Look, man, that, that's one, that's actually probably our most read post game story. We're not going to leave that out. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said, Mark. I, I may have to let you respond to this person, though, Scott. You're a little more uh, diplomatic than I am. Okay. I think I know gonna, who it is. Because I'm going to be like, don't, don't you have more important things to do right now than worry about this? I mean, <laughs> go enjoy the win. Don't worry about us right now. But anyway. Exactly. Yeah. But you're right. You you know who it is. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. By the way. I'm not drinking. This is Mountain Valley Spring Water. I'm giving them a free plug. Elvis drank this water from Arkansas. It's delicious. You can get it at Publix now. It's available everywhere. Mountain Valley, if you're listening, I'm going to contact you later this week because we want you to be the official water sponsor of pewterreport.com. So just giving you a heads up. It's not alcohol. We'll be back tomorrow, too, with podcast, 4 p.m. Make sure you catch us. We'll be live tomorrow. i got lots of good content in store for you this week. 
Um, it's going to be a fun week on the podcast. We'll also have you make sure that you subscribe to, to us on YouTube, uh, yeah. Peter Report TV, search us on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Hundreds of people following and subscribing in the last couple uh, of days, 10 days, yeah. two weeks now. And it's been awesome. Uh, we've been able to bump that subscriber count up a lot. And so it's been a lot of fun because we get to jump on here and interact with y'all and you get your comments put up on screen and we will have shows as we move forward too that we're interacting a lot with them but we have four shows right. coming this week uh and it's going to be a lot of fun uh moving forward on this podcast we're gonna have a blast with it so uh yeah just keep following along for more and more great content we'll have tons of film breakdowns and getting all the nitty-gritty of this win thank uh, you which yeah Robert. huge huge bucks win and we thank you game balls? we got some game balls game balls let's give out yeah, some it. game balls all right now you want all me right. to go first you first yeah Go for it, John. All right. Offensively, I'm giving a game ball to Ali Marpet because I just think the guy is unbelievably dominant this season. I think he's having a special season. It's pa it's pass protection first and foremost. It always is. But run blocking, he is just taking it to another level. Late in that game, it was statement time, and I just think he's played incredible football. And late in that game, I thought he was just outstanding guys running behind him and he was creating space moving people off the ball and that was when the Packers knew they were going to run the football and so he's just taking people's will late in that game he's playing elite football so I was uh, pumped for him and then defensively I'm going with Levante David I thought he was absolutely phenomenal in this game he's phenomenal every week and you know we get used to it but I'm just pumped national media is getting a chance to see this guy you know that we've got a national game last week and national this one was national everybody's watching it for um, you know, America's game of the week. And then we've got three coming up, uh, night games coming up in a row. And, uh, you know, people are going to be talking about him in a vein that he should have been talked about throughout his whole career. And he was on, um, what, a sack and a half, a couple tackles for loss. He was all over the field. He's just, he's a phenomenal football player and easily, in my opinion, their most valuable player on defense. I'm going to go offensively with Rob Gronkowski. We finally saw the touchdown and the Gronk spike finally. Gronk spike. But he and Tom are finally getting into a groove, right? I mean, number one, they're trusting Tristan Wirfs a little bit more. They're not sticking Gronkowski there just to be an additional offensive lineman. Uh, he's getting out on pass routes more and more. And I think that's just going to continue to go as uh, grow as the offensive line hopefully performs better. Uh, they'll feel like they can put Gronkowski out more as a pass catcher. And he and Tom just have a great chemistry, and why not utilize that? Who knows how much longer Rob Gronkowski is going to play. Maybe it's just this year. Maybe it's one more. We'll see. Uh, but Rob Gronkowski with the big touchdown catch today and uh, and I believe led the team in receiving yards, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he gets my game ball. Defensively, I was going to go Levante David as well, but uh, but I thought Devin White was just as good. I mean, those guys were just – he actually led the team in tackles. Uh, but but he he backed it up. You know, when a player says, you know, he wants the coach to unleash him, um, you know, you worry about that a little bit. Is he going to have a bit of that Quan Alexander over-aggressiveness? We didn't see that today. couple minor lapses in pass coverage, uh, letting guys kind of slip away a little bit. But as far as run defense goes, uh, he was a man on a mission. And he and Levante just attacked those A-gap blitzes. I mean, they were flying through there. I thought uh, Devin timed his blitzes better than he has in any game so far. And uh, was very, very effective going up against one of the better offensive lines, statistically the best offensive line in NFL in the NFL, only giving up three sacks before today. So Levante David, I mean, I'm sorry, Devin White gets my game ball. Uh, defensively, I'm going to go with Jamel Dean, right? The pick six was the game changer, John. And, and uh, to see that type of play just really, that, that was the, the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers. And just yeah. the jolted energy that it gave not just the defense but the offense too uh, was exactly what, uh, what what this team needed to rebound. And he's just – you've seen his confidence grow the second half against the Bears game, and he just carried over into this game. So Jamel Dean with the play of, of the day. And I wouldn't be shocked. I haven't looked around the league, but he might just be NF NFC Defensive Player of the Week for that game-changing pick, uh, that pick six. Offensively, then I saw him run. Now I'm a believer. Keyshawn Ronald Vaughn. Jones. No, not Keyshawn Vaughn. Ronald Jones. <laughs> LeSean McCoy. Keyshawn Vaughn. Ronald Jones. Rojo. Three 100-yard games in a row. I'm a believer. You know, I, Not that I was a denier, but I wasn't mm, all yeah. in. But, but I'm all in now. This isn't a fluke. This guy's legit. I didn't know heading into this season if he could be a 1,000-yard back or if he could be a 1,200-yard back. Or if he just was, you know, what we saw last year, around 800 yards, 
kind of a, of a, of a guy that you need a compliment to. And I'll tell you what, I said it when, when Leonard Fournette came in. And, and I thought that Leonard Fournette, with that performance in week two against Carolina, the way he sealed that, with that win, I said it you know, might be only a matter of time before Leonard Fournette becomes RB1. Um, but they brought Leonard Fournette to do one of two things, to either push Ronald Jones to greatness or push him to the bench. And, yep. and, and, and it's coincided with Leonard Fournette's ankle injury, but that competition has pushed Ronald Jones to greatness. He is running with reckless abandon. We're seeing moves, guys, we haven't seen before. Spin moves. True. He's setting the circle yeah. button. He's he's setting everything but the hurdle button. We haven't seen that yet. But it's coming. It's coming, right? I mean, 113 I yards. Can, I don't know. He can, I don't know if he can jump, but I, w- I wouldn't want him to. But I love the spin move, right? It, yeah. it, in the oh, hole. Yeah. I mean, he's making guys miss. He's breaking tackles. He's running through arm tackles. Uh, th- this guy is really turned into a, a legit RB1. 113 yards. 4.9 yards, two touchdowns today, a uh, pair of catches for eight yards. Still want to see him do more as a receiver, um, and I think that that's coming later down the road. But right now, if you want a guy that will carry the rock, it's Rojo. Yep, I agree. He's looked great. All right, guys. I think that wraps it up. We've done a whole hour here. Uh, game balls have been given out. Anything else we uh, need to talk about real quick? Or Come back tomorrow for some more Peter Report podcast. Tomorrow, 4 p.m. 4 Set p.m. your calendars. Definitely. All righty. For John Ledyard, for Scott Reynolds, for Mark Cook, and for the Buccaneers organization. Well, I can't speak for them. And for you Buccaneer fans out there in Pewter Nation. That's right. We can speak for you. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Join us tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Out.